You know that old joke where there are two guys hiking in the woods who see a bear and one of them says, how are we going to outrun it? And the other says, I just need to outrun you. Well, the adorable and permanently joyful Australian marsupial known as the quokka has taken that age-old adage to heart. It just goes to show that, like clowns, perpetually smiling doesn't mean there isn't a psychopath lurking just underneath. But that's just how the quokka survives here in life, death, and taxonomy. Welcome back to Life, Death, and Taxonomy. It's your 30 minutes of interesting animal information. I'm Joe. And I'm Carlos. Thank you to Cassie for the creation of our theme song. To hear more of Cassie's music, please search search Cassie Michelle on YouTube and Spotify. Nice. And thank you to Brian for the creation of this week's artwork. It's extra cute. To check it out, you can follow us on Facebook or Twitter at LT Taxonomy or visit us at our home on the web at LTTaxonomy.com. And today we're talking about what the internet has dubbed the world's happiest animal. But somewhere on that later. Mm, yes, actually, there will be more on that later. It just, I, I we'll, we'll get into it. But just because someone's got a smile on doesn't mean that they're not hiding <laughs> some a deep sadness, some deep feelings. Yes, yes, yes. We are talking about... Well, what are we talking about, actually? That's your thing. We're talking about the quokka. The quokka. Quokka. Yes. Which is, has other names that are more recognizable. That are more recognizable? <laughs> well, part of it is. I'm sure these are not recognizable. It's also known as the short-tailed scrub wallaby, in case that's more recognizable. Wallaby is more recognizable than quokka. You know what a wallaby is. Sure. It's a kangaroo. It's a little kangaroo. It's like a little... Yeah. Oh, I mean, this they're in the same infra class. This, so the quokka was a recommendation from several people, but specifically, I think, and most recently from Alex. So thank you to everyone who recommended the quokka, because it actually has a pretty interesting major fact that we'll talk about in a little bit. But in case quokka is too um, pithy of a thing to say and doesn't have enough syllables in it, we got some got some other nicknames to to keep in your back pocket. The first one being the short-tailed scrub wallaby, which I mentioned earlier. But we're also going to call it here, Mr. Incredible's Buddy Blaster. (laughs) Canopy, canopy, canopy. Okay. The Sultan of Smiley Selfies and the Aussie Tosser. Good. I looked it up. It's not a slur. (laughs) I got to look up a lot of stuff on this. When When I come up with something, I'm like, oh, man, this is probably some sort of slur. Um, but fortunately, it's not. The honorable mention is uh, the Instagrammer and Sickle. Um, <laughs> but uh, that there's a lot of there's is a it, lot of like mental gymnastics you have to get through to. In to what make way that is this sense. animal a communist? Um, because for a reason that I will mention during the major fact, I guess I'll tie that back in. Okay. Just know that China has a up until recently had a one-child policy. 
Okay. <laughs> Should we talk about what science says about this thing? Yes. In terms of taxonomy? Well, it's in the kingdom you know, love, and are in the kingdom animalia. It's in the phylum, chordata. It's in the class mammalia, because Carlos only does mammals now. Yep, that's uh, all I do. It's in I've the taken inf- over. It's in the uh, infraclass marsupiala, marsupialia, mm-hmm. which is, you know, pouch pouch boys and girls. Well, really pouch girls, but <laughs> I do don't the think, boys I don't have think there pouches? Are, I don't think there are any pouch boys in, in the uh, marsupial infraclass. You like this fur? It has pockets. Uh, pouch boys sounds like a gang. The, the the like the a most, 50s game yeah it's the sharks the jets and the and, and the pouch boys <laughs> they're just the they're the group of australians that have moved to moved to new york city and are trying to carve a name for themselves uh it's in the order diprodontia nice yep the family is macropodidae macropodidae it's big feet it's in the subfamily Macropodinae. Mm. It's in the genus <laughs> Cetonyx. And in the species is Brachyurus. Cetonyx Brachyurus. If you play um, Pentatonyx uh, albums backwards, you get Cetonyx. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Modern day Cetonyx, which are spicy atheists. Uh, <laughs> Atheist with sriracha. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Satonics brachyurus. Brachyurus. Yeah. Yeah. So, since we're in the business of naming things, it's time for my favorite part of the show Critter Groups. The part of the show where I ask you, Joe, a question, and that question is the same every time. What is the name of a group of this animal? What is the term of venery? Or what is the collective noun? Uh, quokkas do not like to spend a lot of time, uh, in groups. They do. What? They do. They don't really. They're gregarious. Not really. Not com- they, there isn't a collective noun for these guys. That's how not gregarious they are. They're gregarious. Uh, anyway, Australian travel blogs have voted for what the, uh, collective noun should be. And it's one of these four answers. Is it A... Uh, shaka is it b wallop or i should say like i usually do a a shaka of quokka uh is a a shaka of quokkas is it b a wallop of quokkas is it c a heap of quokkas or is it d a lemmy of quokkas i love this i'm gonna go with shaka S H A K C K A. Uh, no S H A K A. Okay, I'm still going with Shaka, and that's my final answer. Ding, ding, ding! You're correct. I was caught off guard with how funny that was sounded. <laughs> <laughs> because Shaka Rock is an uh, the third studio album by Australian rock band Jet. Why do you know that? Because I know of Jet. I know Jet music. Wait, Jet, they do they they do the um Are you going to be my girl? Yeah, yeah, the famous one. one. Yeah. Yep, a Shaka Shaka of Quakas. So I think Shaka is probably an Australian thing. 
Yeah, that's I, I. It sounded Australian to me, so that's why I put he in was like a I Zulu put in... chief. Nope, that's Southern Africa. Yeah, Zulu is not Australian. Oh, the hang loose surfing sign is Shaka. Shaka, yeah. Huh. Yeah. Well, anyway, I put wallop and heap in in there because it sounded very Australian, and um, I just made the word lemmy up. And when you said Shaka, and I thought of the Jet album, I immediately did not listen to anything else. Oh, great! I gotta <laughs> gotta put the answer is always going to be D from now on. There's there's no so you, so you can hear my carefully for me knowing an album and making an arbitrary connection between things. We've been friends for a long time. I should have known how much of a massive Jet fan you are. <laughs> Did not realize that. I didn't even know they were Australian. Anyway, I'm done. <laughs> Let's talk about the description. What does it look like? Quakas are adorable, fuzzy round marsupials. I think you can picture that, but if you can't picture a rabbit, give it a mousy face and mousy ears. Throw on a fat caboose and a short rat tail. And uh, there you have it. That's a quaka. They're, they're wallabies, so they're, they look kind of like a tiny, chunky kangaroo. But a little rounder and cuter than a wallaby. Like if a wallaby was going, was transforming into a chipmunk, and it was at like 20%. You know what it is? I have it. This is the description. If a kangaroo is Charizard, and a wallaby is Charmeleon... The quokka is Charmander. It's the first evolution of what eventually becomes a kangaroo. Yes. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I mean, these guys are pretty cute. I don't want to yoke anyone's yak, but they're like a seven, I'd say, on the cute scale. I mean, if like if you have like the stoat at a ten, mm-hmm. and then like the collared pika at a nine, black anglers at <laughs> at a one. <laughs> Then these guys are yeah seven maybe seven and a half. So, but they're just big. They're big. Yeah, they are kind of. They're like cat sized. They're oddly proportioned. Like everything about a stoat is cute, except for when it's uh, covered in the blood of a of a another cute animal. (laughs) Um, So they, I forgot to mention, they have small mouths that are curled into a permanent smile. So they always have like this big doofy toothy grin. Yeah, buck tooth like. Yuck! Kind of grin. <laughs> it's very Disney esque, <laughs> um, oh, and it's adorable. Uh, but that brings us to—we talked about its size already. But let's get deep into it. Welcome to the Beloved Measure Up segment, the official listeners' favorite part of the show—the part of the show that when we present the animal size and dimensions in relatable terms through a quiz that's fun for the entire family, even the dog. Uh, it's also part of the show that's introduced by you when you send in an audio yourself saying, saying you're chittering the words measure up into LD taxonomy at gmail.com. We don't have a new measure up intro this week. No. So that means we get to hear from an indifferent animal An indifferent animal. <laughs> We're going to hear from an aloof animal that could not care less about being on our show. <laughs> uh, and Carlos has to guess what it is. All right. So, without further ado, the listener's favorite part of the show. Uh, 
Okay. Oh, what a what a horrible day to have ears. <laughs> so, speaking of ears, is that A, a raccoon? Is that B, a wallaby? Is it C, a squirrel? Is it D, a rabbit? Mm, rabbit. Rabbit, final answer? He, yes. That is correct. Yes! So that, the first one was a bunch of baby rabbits, like newborns. Just the high-pitched squealing. Uh, I thought about getting like cutting out before that, because the other sound was so nebulous. Like who knows what that was? Yeah, because it was a it was a bunch of baby things. A cacophony of baby gurgling, which is that's my favorite uh, tongue-eating louse album. <laughs> um, uh, let's talk length. They're 40 to 54 centimeters or 16 to 20 inches long. So they lose that small factor, which makes mm-hmm. animals cute. They are small. Sized. They're cat sized. Yeah. They're smaller than than a person is. But sure. They're not so small that you can put them in your hand. So there's like a tiny primate that that's, fits in the palm of your hand. So it beats that. It beats a quokka. Uh, so how many quokkas go into the length of the Erie, Irie Highway? Australian listeners can explain how you pronounce E-Y-R-E. It's probably E. Erie. Australians, it's Australian Australia's longest stretch of straight highway. Hmm. Curveless. Here's a hint. Australians know Erie, Erie, Ire Fest, Ire, eh. <laughs> as the country's most boring road, as it goes across the Null Arbor Plain. What do you think Null Arbor means? No trees. Yeah, that's what it exactly means. It's just a flat, semi-arid desert. Uh, with no trees, but that—that's like what motorcycle. I guess motorcyclists like curves, but like you, the whenever you watch drag racers, and, and, and there are the roads that like lead to and from Las Vegas. It's always just this like straight road in the middle of the desert. Yeah, I, uh, I when we were in um, Wisconsin, we were watching Outback Truckers, which was a show about. Trucking in the outback makes sense to me. Uh, and there's really, really remote parts of Australia that, like, you don't want to get caught in a ditch in. Um, so it's only a part of the national high of Australia's Na- national highway one, which goes all the way around the coast of Australia for fourteen thousand five hundred kilometers, or nine thousand miles. Um, it is the longest stretch of uh, that is the longest um, national highway in the world, I think, huh. as far as I know, Be- beating out the Trans-Siberian Highway. But it's not the longest stretch of continuous road in the world. That is the Pan-American I, 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 Highway. <laughs> no, <laughs> feels like it. The, the Pan-American Highway that goes from Australia to Mexico. 
Australia. Yeah, yeah. To Mexico. I meant Alaska. <laughs> that would be the longest road ever. Longest bridge. Yeah. Interesting. All right. So, but we're not talking about any of those. We're talking about this a eh, hot <laughs> eh, a yeah. highway. Um. Uh, I'm gonna say I don't know. I'm just picturing Air. the Audubon. Um. Did you get some IPA for that? From what? The International Phonetic Alphabet pronunciation for that? No, I did not. Did you get some India Pale Ale? Yeah, I was nice thinking, that's what I was thinking about. I'm like, what? Do you, what? Um, Air. That's how to pronounce it? Yeah. Okay. A court, a circuit court held in medieval England by a judge. All right. For the sake of simplicity, I'm going to say 500 miles. You know, do you think this is what the um, that one band was uh, considering? What are they called? The uh, The Proclaimers? Yeah. Is that what the little highway they were going to walk? Uh, yeah, just... Um, well, no, 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 because... No, no, no. Because the whatever road they have to walk is a, is a thousand miles away. If they had to... If they walked... If this is 500 miles and I'm right, then they... Then in order to fall down at this person's door, they just have to... It's right there. They ha- they'd have to go down uh, 500 miles and then 500 miles back. Are they Australian, or are they I, from the UK? I I don't know. You clearly know the ethnic the the nationality of of uh, bands better than I do. They're from Scotland. So UK, you're right. Um, all right. So 500 miles is 26 uh, million. Or, sorry, no, 2.6 million. Feet, thirty-one million inches. How how many inches did you say this was? This quaka? Twenty-one. All right. The answer is one point five million. One point five million quaka's final answer. Yes. Correct answer is three point one. Well, yeah, three point one million. Ah. Three three million one hundred and seven thousand six hundred and fifty-seven quaka's. That's right. We're talking about 1,030 miles or 1,600 kilometers. So it was what the proclaimers were walking. Yeah, that must have been what Plus the proclaimers 30 miles. were talking about. Um, well, so, her, the, this person's house is like is just 30 miles shy of the end of the highway. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the weight. There are 2.5 to 5.5. Zero kilograms or 5.5 to 11 pounds. How many quokkas go into the heaviest legal road train in Australia? Do you know what a road train is? No, I don't. A road train, here's your hand, in Australia and around the world is a truck that hauls two or more trailers. Oh, I've seen these a lot then. In the history of road trains, the vast majority of record breakers were in Australia. In 2006, an Australian Mack truck hauled 113 trailers 100 yards. And let me tell you, it didn't go farther than its own length. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so this is the weight of that one? No. The weight of the... 
Heaviest legal. Oh, road legal, train. legal. Okay, that, that to to like drive on real roads. This probably not, not a hundred yards in some remote area. The answer for is probably four. I'm imagining uh, four trailers. Because that's just that's I can't imagine you. It, it looks tough enough to turn with two. In America, the limit in most places is two trailers. And three trailers are allowed in some remote stretches of highway in, in like the, the Ohio interstate, interstate in the Midwest and. Yeah. So basically taking, taking the, 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 uh, the international danger principle and attaching that to Australia's danger levels. Um, we'll say that, uh, four is the, is the, uh, legal limit, um, and I have no idea how much those weigh. Weigh. Let's say they're full of uh, Twinkies. <laughs> so I don't you're, know. You're, I, you're trying to find I, out how many quokkas are legal for a road train to transport in Australia. No, because also you have to count for the weight of the truck itself. True. Which is a lot. If the truck um, was weightless, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna abandon this futile effort to try to do uh, several in the dark estimations and then do math with that, and instead say I'm gonna say uh, one and a half million, the same answer I gave for the previous one. One and a half million quokkas? No, 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 no. That's dumb. <laughs> how many pounds do you think it would carry um i'm gonna say 10 10 pounds thousand i'm gonna say five thousand answer is five thousand quokkas final answer yes correct answer is forty thousand quokkas Ugh. the legal limit is two twenty two hundred tons with extra letters and 220 u.s tons without the extra letters yeah I almost said ten thousand, but I didn't. Did you think know that. there are short tons, long tons, and metric tons? I thought short ton and long tongue tongue ton were synonyms for metric ton and U.S. ton, but they're not. There's there's three things. And then does it matter whether you use the extra N and E in there? I think tones, tones is a metric ton. <laughs> so many tones. I like Twinies. Uh, That's yeah. It's a good uh, Cajun spice. It goes on lots of stuff. Um, would you like to hear some fast facts before we get into the major fact? Sure, 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 sure. So quokkas live on a remote island off the coast of Australia. One of which is called Rot Nest Island. Definitely sounds like a place where a Tim Burton protagonist would live. Do you have any idea who named that, do you think? Like, what group of people? I'm going to go with Tim Burton again. Final answer. If Tim Burton was a Dutch explorer, then you are correct. The name for the island came from the fact that Dutch explorers thought the quokkas were some sort of rat thing. And they called the island Rat Nest. Uh, Um, So is Rotterdam just like Rat Village? (laughs) Yeah, probably. Oh my goodness. These explorers like Boca Raton, 
These explorers are really attributing... You know, they were bringing the rats. <laughs> like, they were, <laughs> there were no rats before them. That, that, that's not fair at all. It's like, oh man, there's so many rats here. Uh, you get off a boat, a ton of rats just file in after you. And you're like, dang, there's a lot of rats here. There's a lot of rats and Dutch people here. I'm going to call it rats in Dutch. <laughs> so they like wet and swampy areas with tons of rainfall. Uh, Quokkas enjoy the remotest or the remoteness of Australia. They have enjoyed it for a long time, but now the introduction of foxes, pigs, cats, and the like have made them slightly less happy than the happiest animals on Earth. But the happiest of happy animals still live on rottenness because there are no rot, there are no cats in rottenness, and the Quokkas <laughs> are as happy as a mousekowitz. Sailing to the land of opportunity. And the streets are paved with quokkas. Whatever quokka eat. Um, which is... They, they're, they're, uh, which is leaves. The streets are paved with leaves. Yeah. So they, they're they gregarious as well. I've, I saw that they were gregarious and they live in groups. Uh, and the thing I was reading said they the groups were called a colony. Or they just said they live in colonies. Uh but I guess that's unofficial. But that friendliness also extends to their two-legged friends. Quokkas have very little fear of people, and they will regularly come up close and interact with people. They This may be because of how little exposure island quokkas had with people or any large predators historically. So quokka selfies became popular in 2010, or in the, in the 2010s, uh, because of their gregariousness with people and the fact that they naturally look like they're smiling. Perfect. But here's a word of warning. If you visit Rotnest, rot it's important to know that it's illegal to feed them, especially if you feed them people food. You can get a $300 fine if you do that. Uh, and it's also illegal to handle them. And they will sometimes bite if they're bothered or startled. And they have especially enjoyed biting children. So harming them or being cruel to them can earn you up to $50,000 in fines or five years in prison. Yeah, I saw that one guy went to jail for throwing a, a quokka off of his boat to prove that they could swim. Um, another person got fined heavily for uh, pouring vodka uh, down the gullet of one to see if it could get drunk. And somebody else, I think, was fined heavily for kicking one. I hope none of these people were Americans. That would be unbecoming. It, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> but monsters come in all shapes and sizes. True. I mean, I feel like Americans, uh, in general, are very obsessed with cats and cute things. Be I don't know if likely. everyone in the world is. If you're of the dog, if you're of the animal kicking. Uh, temperament you're probably not of the world travel temperament you think i don't know well so you think I've, these people I've, are locals <laughs> i've so i've so far never met a uh, a dog kicking world traveler as far as i know i guess so my research is exhaustive and conclusive quokka forced to smoke an e-cigarette and disturbing online video <laughs> do not laugh it's it's cruelty <laughs> How can you laugh at that? <laughs> I just I'm just picturing these 
Quok is smiling ear to ear and vaping. <laughs> I'm watching a video. Oh, okay. It's kind of tricked into taking the e-cig. It's not... She's just, like, holding it near it, and it thinks it's food. That doesn't seem as disturbing as pouring vodka down its throat. Oh, my... Did you say that you... They lit a, a quokka on fire? No. A French tourist did that. Oh, boy. The French. I expected more. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna blame the the French for that. I'm gonna blame this Frenchman. Well, I was gonna blame all of us if it was an American. So I feel like it's only fair. But your uh, assessment is probably more fair. I don't. I I refuse to take any of the blame for <laughs> uh, international for. Uh, for Americans abusing animals abroad. Stop abusing. How can you look at a quokka and be like, I'm going to abuse that? Because you're a monster. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's what it is. You're a, you're a, uh, uh, a budding psychopath and you're just starting to explore your powers. Oh, yeah. The guy who threw it in the water was has a degree in zoology. It was This was his experiment to see if he swam. Yeah, I guess. He he defended his actions with uh by saying that he placed rather than threw the marsupial in the water. I thought he was going to defend his actions saying like, "Oh, you p- people and your moral constraints on science." <laughs> anyway, do you have any big facts? Anyway, <laughs> I do. Um outside of uh uh, libertarian objectivist society for uh, unscrupulous zoologists. Um, so the major fact is called nature's ejection seat. Uh, so living anywhere uh, near Australia is dangerous since nature there is like a Navy SEAL that always knows 18 ways to kill you. Uh, this is especially true if you're a small mammal. You know, the thing that's on nearly every predator's list of favorite foods. Just just the generic category of small mammals. Um, and despite what the 60s may have tried to shove down everyone's throats, you can't smile your enemies into submission. Uh, you gotta you gotta make war sometimes. Uh, so dingoes, hawks, snakes, as well as you know domestic cats, dogs, foxes, things like that, animals that have been introduced to this island, uh, couldn't care less about how photogenic the quokka is. And unfortunately, quokkas aren't known for their blinding speed and agility, especially when they're carrying a, a joey. They're marsupials, so they're, they're young are called joeys. Um, Same. And, what? Same. Yeah. If, what, your young is called joey? No. <laughs> or will be joey junior? Probably not. Probably. Good on you. We don't do juniors around here. That's, that was an Australian thing to say. Good on you, mate. <laughs> um, so, and because they don't spend, it doesn't, I guess it doesn't seem like they spend their, their time in, uh, major groups where they defend each other and they live in relatively poor protection by sleeping in a spiky plant. They do come out, uh, mainly at night. So, uh, being nocturnal is, is a bit of a buffer against, um, uh, predation, but a lot of predators are nocturnal, like cats and things like that. So um, there's that. 
Uh, so avoiding predators altogether is not as straightforward as it might be for other mammals in other places. So when they're facing down a threat, they can't outrun. Guess what most quokkas do? Uh, they get eaten. Dan- they die. Oh. I was going to say they dance. <clears throat> no, they just die. Uh, but uh, like Peter Quill. What? Like Peter oh, Quill. Dance like Peter. I, I get you. I get you. We were just talking about James Gunn. Um. But uh, females with joeys in their pouches have a horrifying strategy that allows them to live another day. That is literally a last-ditch effort, which is ditching the baby. Uh, You gotta get rid of the extra extra weight. Yeah. Like the end of um, Atlantis. Uh, So if they're... if the uh, the female makes a snap decision, like I'm, I am not going to survive this. Uh, she will clench her pouch and pop the joey out and onto the ground, where it will make p- l- pathetic little loud noises uh, for the predator to hear. And this is obviously an instant death sentence for the baby. But the astute pragmatist will instantly recognize that this uh, makes sense for an animal to do um because if the female quokka didn't decide to prince of egypt its baby uh the predator would almost certainly kill and eat them both so in these situations the the baby is doomed to die no matter how you slice it but the mother can still survive to have more babies and propagate the quokka species which is what animals want to do the most so, it it is fortunate that when completely outclassed by an opponent, the Quokka doesn't take Captain America's will-lose-together idealism to heart and definitely will trade lives for the greater mission. Otherwise, there probably wouldn't be any Quokkas left once everyone started introducing all of their worst enemies to Foxes the island. Foxes and cats. Yes. So, it's an unthinkable thing to do for the irrational and emotional human but it's a no-brainer for the instinct driven animalistic pragmatism that the quokkas sport under that grin (laughs) are you like low-key arguing for dumping babies out of a out of a pouch out of our little baby bjorns and running away from predators Nope, I'm just saying that Captain America was wrong in Infinity War. <laughs> <laughs> they they it worked out, didn't it? Eventually, that was yeah because a rat let uh, Ant Man <laughs> out of a out of the quantum realm. Lucky for them, but it's good. It's cool. That's what was meant to happen on the sacred timeline. We all know the rat was Loki. Yes, it was just a Loki. Wow. <laughs> This it's funny because in, in um, for our evening service at church, we're going through Second Kings, and we're just getting to the part where there was that famine in Samaria, and the two women decided to eat their kids during a f- during that famine, like the, one of the most horrific stories. Um, that was definitely not in my illustrated Bible for kids. <laughs> did, they, did they skip? Up, did they skip that part? They omitted part of the Bible. They can't do that. That's awful. They, they, <laughs> that and and the and Gibeah's crime and in, in Judges just somehow didn't make it to the Children's Illustrated Bible. <laughs> but like, yeah, just the, the there's the practical sense of like 
okay, all of the kids are going are going to die this slow, painful death of starvation here unless we do this unthinkable thing. Uh, but the whole thing just makes me want to tear my clothes and ask for Elisha's head on a spike. <laughs> May God do uh, more to me also if he is not dead by the morning or whatever the king of Israel says at that point. But yeah, do you, th- you thought this was going to, I was going to have a cute major fact, but you were wrong. It's an uncute major fact. It's very, very uncute. Pretty common though. I've seen videos uh, of like a a mother uh, giraffe just abandoning their newborn. It's one thing to abandon, but like the quokka specifically like ejects the joey, (laughs) (laughs) which is what I I which is what I want to do whenever we do measure up. Well, I mean, you they are in a unique position where they have a a thing from which to eject their young. So, if a giraffe had a pouch, it might do the same thing. Although it doesn't probably have the best dexterity. Probably not. But yeah, that that's was all fun. I got. It's a fun thing to think about. The happiest animal on earth. <laughs> So, uh, don't worry for you out there in Podcastia. Be happy. Don't drink vodka from random strangers. And remember that you'll never be fully dressed without a smile. Like the quokka here in Life, Death, and Taxonomy. Hey, Taxonomy Titans, thanks for listening to the episode. Just a few quick things. As always, reviews and social media engagement are greatly appreciated, but recommending the podcast to friends is the best way to help us grow. If you'd like some LDT-flavored merch, check out teespring.com stores taxonomy tees. That's it. Thanks for listening all the way to the end. podcast (laughs) Nora says thank you for mentioning some Tolkien um, BS I got such a disproportionate thrill from the thought of a Valar of lizards